Hello there, fellow TV watcher. My name is Bill Brio, and this is Brio TV, the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Super Channel, providing viewers with exceptional value and variety, CTV, which urges you to get into it this fall, and Hollywood Suite, home of the best movies of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. For eight very funny seasons, my guest starred in a Canadian comedy series he helped to co-create called Mr. D. His book, Teaching, It's Harder Than It Looks, was a national bestseller, and he should know he was a teacher for 10 years. He placed third on season five of NBC's Last Comic Standing, and now he's in his third season as host of the CBC game show Family Feud Canada. Please welcome Jerry D. Well, uh, Jerry, it's great to be talking to you again. It's been a while. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? Uh, you know, doing pretty good. Um, you know, the, this uh, pandemic has affected all of us, but probably, uh, you know, for TV writers, what we do is we isolate in front of a keyboard and we watch too much television. So it's sort of <laughs> what everybody's been doing, right? Yeah, exactly. Um but I want to uh, congratulate you on a third season of Family Feud Canada, now up on CBC on uh, weekdays. That's, uh, that's pretty good. Do you, have you, are you still in the middle of shooting that, or are they already produced? No, we are, yeah. We're, uh, we're, yeah, we're about, a th- I would say, a third of the way through. Wow, that's pretty cool. And, and um, here's a show talking about pandemic that I know the first season, I think you started before things got... Uh, really shut down yeah and then uh you must have had to deal with this the last two years how does that work on family feud canada i mean i noticed for viewers people seem to stand a little bit further apart but otherwise it looks like the regular show yeah season one was pre uh pandemic season two was uh very much in kind of the in and out of the waves of the pandemic we were lucky we were kind of in a, in a non-lockdown phase when we got to shoot, uh, but very strict protocols, uh, no audience, uh, tested every day, a lot of protocols. And now we're, I'd say, a little closer to that than season one, but we have a little bit of an audience now. Um, but again, very strict protocols. We're back to the regular set. Um, so I'm not in a distanced area uh the families are kind of the same as they were and so we're it's kind of a hybrid of season one and season two but obviously the safety of the of the guests and everybody involved is the priority and um i think with the vaccinations have you know have helped um to allow us to at least have a little more room uh to shoot it like we would have in season one well it must be uh very gratifying to have a bit of a, a live audience for you as a performer, right? Oh, huge. It was, uh, it was the hardest part of season two was no audience. Um, you know, I would rely on hopefully a camera operator laughing or somebody just to tell me, you know, there's so many misses as a, for me on that show, there's so many times I go for something and I'm like, it's the nature of improv where it didn't work. And, so even one laugh helps. Okay, that might have worked. But thankfully, we have a great team of editing, you know, people that kind of uh, get the good in and get the bad out. That's not, well, the non-funny, I, said, I would say. 
<clears throat> yeah, uh, I guess you start to look for cameramen that really laugh, like uh, that are into it. <laughs> yeah, and they're kind of trained not to. So you know, yeah. you see a camera operator laughing all the time. Um, is there a region in Canada where uh, there's just families from that area that are just perfect for family food? Well, the, the, you know, it's a good question. Like perfect for me, anyone from you know Newfoundland has been wonderful. It's yeah, I think it connects with me that you know my background Scottish. Um, so Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, I have a connection with, you know, um, my wife being from Nova Scotia. There's just seems to be a similar feel for me that it's a bit like, a bit like my upbringing and my current world. But I mean, the Quebec families are great. Uh, they bring their, their French culture. Um, the prairies bring, it's, it's really hard to say there's one region, but, um, we've, We've been really lucky. The casting of the families has been phenomenal, and it just keeps getting better. We're getting more more people auditioning every year, so you you know you have more choice, I guess. But the families really make the show for me, and um, they're great from everywhere. But uh, you know, people from Newfoundland are 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 certainly uh, you know as we as we saw from uh, um, you know. Was it come from afar, or the, yeah. the musical they did, and how they responded to nine eleven? It's just a, an indication of who they are, and you see it on the show. They're very, they're often from very small communities. Uh, I had a family on the other day from Leading Tickles, Newfoundland, and I mean, you know, you can imagine how close they are in proximity to each other, mm. how close as a family. Um, you know, where Ontario, you'd get Mississauga, which is obviously not going to have that same feel, but obviously I can connect to them in a different way. So it's really about trying to find my connection to the family. Mm-hmm. And I would say, uh, you know, if I were to pick, if I had to pick one province, Newfoundland certainly stands out for me. You mentioned uh, your, your heritage. My mom was born in Scotland um, and near Glasgow, a little town called Hamilton. And I always, yep. I always say I'm half Scotch and half water, but uh, <laughs> You must have. Uh, there's something about this. Uh, the, I'm sure you probably grew up with a lot of uh, singing, a lot of the. Uh, yeah. You know, the family, they're, they're very gregarious at parties. And then, um, but the, the Scots are also kind of sly, right? You, you know, like. Yeah, they're. they're uh, and I think that's where the connection is, is, you know, I grew up similar to that um, dancing, singing accents. Yeah. Um, and so there's a very. There's, it's very common, you know, in this, obviously, Cape Breton families. I'm very close to that with my wife being from Cape Breton. And yeah. so there's a similarity with Scotland for sure. I mean, it's not called Nova Scotia. You know, it's called Nova Scotia for a reason, I guess. But um, those two provinces certainly uh, have a connection for me. And for me, uh, being the host, it's an easy way to get into things. Whereas I get into, say, a northern Quebec family. Well, we wouldn't have a northern Quebec family because... You know, they would be very French. But for Quebec families, I'm learning from them more. Um, you know, I, I, I will find so many interesting things about a family from um, uh, Good Soil, Saskatchewan. You know, I didn't even know Good Soil was a place. So Ooh, uh, we have families from territories and reserves that I'm learning so much from them. So um, they're also interesting. Uh, I think the connection I have with Newfoundland is 
probably in Nova Scotia is that Scottish connection. <clears throat> it's wonderful the show makes a genuine effort to go cross country because that makes a huge difference, I think. Oh, it just makes the show better. I mean, we last year, unfortunately, we could only do people who could drive. So it was a lot of Ontario. And yeah. obviously, I'm, I'm from Ontario and proud of that. But at the same time, you don't get the BC families, uh, you don't get the prairies and Quebec and the Maritimes and the rock and, you know, uh, Manitoba, you, you, you need that because this is what is, I think the greatest thing that separates us from the American version, um, is that's one of them that mm. you know, our regions of Canada are so distinct. Um, and I've traveled out to all of them and I know a little bit about them. So it helps, you know, uh, yeah. knowing, thing or having been there and i think it really you know makes it distinct for us uh as canadians <clears throat> it does it's an awesome country and uh, <clears throat> say you've been fortunate to visit a lot of it we'll be right back after this message i'm awesome no you're not dude don't lie i'm awesome i'm driving around in my mom's ride i'm awesome a quarter of my life gone by and i met all my friends online i'm awesome i will run away from a brawl i'm awesome there's no voicemail nobody well look it's emily emily from hollywood suite it's so great to see you again and you know it's getting October. It's getting chilly. And you know what time of year this is? It's monster horror chiller time. What do you got for us on Hollywood Suite for this month, Emily? Well, we call October Shocktober at Hollywood Suite, which means we've got a chock full, a coffin full of treats for you uh, on across the decade. So we've got stuff in the 70s, you know, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or How Sue. In the 80s, we have the Friday the 13th, My Bloody Valentine, a good Canadian film, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, 90s, Blair Witch Project, 2000s, All the Screams. Like, we've got something for everybody's taste in October. That's fantastic. Now, that's got to be, that's a full list of horror features. That's got to be it, right? Oh, no, no. We also have an exclusive premiere of a Canadian series called Slasher Flesh and Blood. You may have seen the previous seasons, but this is a whole new story. And there's a very special cast member this time around. Who's that? Uh, A little uh, name, David Cronenberg. Oh, my goodness. Heard of him? Yes. The master of horror, Canada's greatest master horror filmmaker, David Cronenberg. He's part of this series, is he? He is. He's a star of the series, so you can't miss it. And you can watch it starting October 4th at 9 p.m. It's going to be Mondays uh, throughout Shocktober. Well, there it is, folks. The perfect Halloween treat from Hollywood Suite. Find it in all of those places and get ready for Halloween. Thanks a lot, Emily. Thanks, Bill. And now, more with our guest, Family Feud Canada host, Jerry D. You must have followed with interest the whole Jeopardy hosting um, thing, the, you know, the executive producer giving himself the job and everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was kind of strange, right? <clears throat> yeah, and then obviously he had a pass that, but that uh, you know, came uh, out, yeah. and now he's not the host. So, um, but, you know, I was very fortunate to get this job, and I never would have dreamt in my, you know, wildest dreams that one day I'd be hosting this iconic game show that I watched as a kid my whole life. So I just consider myself very lucky. And um, I really do love 
the families become, you know, I mean, they're, that's Canada. Like they're like, Hey, if you're ever in Newfoundland, you know, look us up and I probably will. It's probably how it'll work. I'll probably go to leading tickles and look for them or I'll go to good soil Saskatchewan and, and, uh, and I'll go to the reserve and I'll, I'll, they'll, I'll, they invite you. And that, that's something I probably would do. It's just the Canadian thing to do. It's like, yeah. it's what makes it so special, but I really do just get to really get attached to the families and sad sometimes when they go after, you know, they've been there for two, three shows if they've been successful. So, um, they bring you gifts. They bring you things from their province or their town. They make you things. I, I don't know if, if that happens in the States. That just feels like so Canadian to me. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, speaking of moving all over the, the country, you, you're, I'm sure you had to cancel or postpone several stand-up comedy tour dates. Um, and I see that you have some coming up, right? Well, no, they, the ones you see might still be the ones I had to postpone. I, I, I mean, we had to, you know, everything got postponed or, you know, canceled. And I think we ended up getting it to a canceled stage. And, mm-hmm. but we're starting to, you know, I work with Live Nation in that, in that world and we're starting to discuss dates for 2022. I'm obviously anxious to get back out and perform live shows as a comedian and, um, you know, this is Family Feud is just such a such a fun job, and I'm so thankful that I at least get that bit of a live audience, and still feels like it, like that. But yeah. you know, I'm excited to get back out there, and and when the time is right, and when everyone's comfortable, uh, you know, you want to make sure you don't book a tour, and people just still aren't comfortable sitting in a in a building with other people, and I don't know when that'll change yet. Well, you're very very funny. I've had the good fortune to see you a couple <laughs> times uh, live. Uh, you killed at the uh, Banff um, uh, World Television Festival a couple of years ago at their award show. Boy, it was a funny show. Uh, and it just for laughs, too, I've seen you uh, perform. So oh, thank I you. urge people to, to, to find you when, the, when things resume in their town. Um, and uh, you know, did you do – I spoke <laughs> with uh, Ron James. I think they both did a couple of virtual Zoom comedy shows. Yeah. You participate in anything like that? Yeah, I did one with Sean. Actually, it was nice to see Sean, and uh, Sean was always uh, Sean was always just so kind to me when I started, and um, so it was nice to see him. And we ended up being on the same one. And they're tricky. Um, they're they're yeah, they're nothing like uh, what you would what would would have imagined you'd be doing when you started stand up. But um, yeah. you know, I'm thankful I had them. It's you know, we were all trying to just keep working, so. Um, and keep your, you know, your comedy chops alive. And, um, but I, I've done a few of those over this, this pandemic and I'll probably end up doing some more. And, um, I'm thankful I at least get those. Sean mentioned one of them. There was sort of a virtual audience that there was a bunch of faces on the screen. uh, Yeah. Got some feedback. Was that the one you were involved with? I think so. Uh, it definitely, yeah, I think so. It was definitely helpful to see at least, uh, but then you also see the guy that gets up and goes to the washroom in the middle of your set. So it's kind of works both ways. Cause I think that was the same show. I'm like, it's not fun when you see people leave the room. No, I guess I'd rather just not know. <laughs> uh, no. So speaking of, of up comedians, uh, Jerry, did you ever work with or meet Norm McDonald? No, I didn't. Um, no, I, uh, I missed that crossing. I started, uh, when I started comedy, Norm had kind of already taken off and he was in the States. Uh, so no, I'd never, never interacted or, or knew him. Obviously, uh, you know, did some really brilliant things that, 
you know, uh, I, I think what I, I loved about what he did was he took chances and they weren't always the best decisions maybe, but uh, he didn't care. And as a comic that takes a lot of courage, um, to do that. And I always think Norm just went for it in his own way. And not that you always agree with how he went for it, but as a comic, you're like, well, that's, that took a lot of guts to go that, to take that angle. You know, he was very hard on OJ Simpson, obviously. And he just drilled that into the ground and, and some say that cost him his job, but, uh, yeah, he just wasn't afraid to say what he thought. And as a comic, I think, I think a lot of us are, are, are kind of admire that because we wish we could sometimes, go down that road but at the same time you've got to also be careful what you say and um so i'm always kind of you know watching what's funny to me is different than what's funny to other people and you just try to stay within your own world but yeah he was that was a loss for the comedy community and you know in his in his norm mcdonald way i guess he uh didn't tell anyone and i that that that's really hard to do i would i would you know, I would find that really hard to do to not tell anyone. So, um, but that was his way of, you know, uh, protecting his loved ones from the grief of it, I guess. And that's how he went out. And also, I guess he wanted to keep doing shows and he never wanted to play to a sad room, right? Yeah, that's a fair point too. And I never thought of it that way. And um, that's a fair point. You know, here's the guy with cancer doing a show and, and that, that would not be what like I said, I don't really know him or I didn't know him, but I would imagine that's not what you would want. Yeah. We'll be right back with Jerry D after this short message. Remember getting those fall preview issues of TV Guide? They'd be packed with photos all sorts of information about what the next must-see shows might be. They hope you get into it with their latest offerings, including one already getting a lot of buzz, a remake of The Wonder Years. The old version was all about Kevin and Winnie and growing up in the suburbs back in 1968. The new Wonder Years recast the series with an African-American family, again set in the late 60s, but this time in Montgomery, Alabama. The series stars Dulé Hill, is narrated by Don Cheadle, and features E.J. Williams as 12-year-old Dean. Fred Savage, who played young Kevin in the original, is among the directors and executive producers. Look for the premiere of the new singing competition, Alter Ego, where contestants audition as one of their singing idols. New episodes of that wacky competition show, The Masked Singer, as well as the return of one of my favorite comedies, The Connors. And speaking of returning series, the CTV original Jan, starring singer-songwriter Jan Arden, is back for a third season. Look for the return of both Bob Hart's Abishola and a new season of Canada's most-watched series, The Good Doctor. So get into it on CTV. Survey says we're back with Jerry D. Uh, Listen, let's talk a bit about uh, Mr. D. Very funny show. Eight seasons. Uh, which in Canada is like uh, 400 years. Um, so, and uh, I was lucky to get out to your set a couple of times, uh, and, and you had such an impressive comedy ensemble on that series. Just yeah, you must have uh, you must miss working with those folks. Yeah, it was uh, you know it was it just feels so weird that that's like seems so long ago now, but. Uh, 
I feel we had just one of the, you know, one of the funniest casts anywhere. It, it was just, it didn't stop. It just, the, the, the people on that show that were just so funny. And, uh, unfortunately we just never caught on in, um, in a bigger, in a bigger market that we would have hoped for. Um, the clips are still viral. They go around, they come up on TikTok. Someone will tweet it one day. It'll find its own life again. And, but, um, you know, certainly I tried to get that show, uh, some eyeballs on it everywhere, especially in the U S and uh, we're on Amazon prime right now, but it's, it's not like they're pushing it or marketing it. And, um, I mean, we saw what, you know, when Shit's Creek got on Netflix, that was just such a great, yeah. a great opportunity to get, let the world see the show. And we just never cracked that, that, uh, that barrier. But I love how uh, on Amazon it's billed uh, for American audiences as, as uh, Mr. D, the gym teacher. Like they have to. Yeah, really that was, well, that was my, that was my doing. <clears throat> I probably didn't need to do it, but you know, one of the things, if I ever went back to, you know, Mr. D, what I would not have called it Mr. D, it was, it was too short of a title. And in this day and age of social media, um, like, look at Shit's Creek. Like, what a great title. I mean, that's just so, such a great title to hashtag. And Dan Levy did such a great job, you know, marketing that show when it started. I mean, I, we were one year ahead of them. And the way he marketed that show was brilliant. Um, and his team, of course. But it was hard to market Mr. D. You type in Mr. D as a hashtag and a million things come up. <laughs> so I wanted if it's something that, yeah. You know, it wasn't going to get a push from Amazon Prime as as a show and I wanted it to have something in the title. In Canada people knew me, there they don't. So I wanted it to have something in the title that would tell you what the show was about. Yeah. And frankly, I don't I don't think it was necessary now when I look back. Well, I think it's a good idea and you're right about titles. I think uh I know that the producers at CBC uh the network uh they tried to talk the levies out of um that title, that shit's great. Yes. They felt no one could say it on TV. They couldn't, uh, you know, get any publicity for it. And uh, I talked to Eugene about it. He was adamant. He said it's, yeah. it's got to be shit's creek. And, uh, and you're right. Yeah. It, 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 <clears throat> and it was brilliant. And I, I, <clears throat> I heard that story too uh, from an executive at the time at CBC that said, you know, and and good point. Who are we to tell Eugene Levy what's what the title is, right? Exactly. So <clears throat> it was a brilliant move. Um, it just it just never worked for us. Uh, it wasn't the title's fault. We just never. Uh, I think that show did so many great things that we didn't do <clears throat> for our stories, and we certainly went for a different audience. We went for a different sort of a laughing like edgy kind of maybe too edgy sometimes i don't know if that was what hurt there was certainly uh, a transition away from that sort of michael scott um type awkward humor that was just starting to transition i think for us but you know i'm very proud of what we did and I'll, i don't regret it that way but i think at the times were just changing that you know it just didn't I don't know. I've really never had an answer why it didn't take off in the States. And maybe in 10 years, you'll, you know, it'll, it'll take off. Who knows? Sometimes that happens where people just find yeah. it. it takes one person to find it and promote it and it's done. 
I, I think you're right. I think it will be one of those shows. And also um, another one you did that had a similar um, maybe challenge that I loved was the Moody's. Oh, my goodness. I watched Yeah, that. that's, uh, we were proud of that. I mean, I was a small, small part of that, but I, I – uh, You stood out. And that's, that show did – well, thank you. That show did have a Schitt's Creek feel to it. It was a lot of heart, a lot of, a lot of good moments, a lot of comedy. Um, didn't get the numbers, and you know how it works in America. They're, they get rid of you pretty quick. So that was so fun. Dennis Leary and Jay Baruchel and Elizabeth Perkins, who kind of led that cast. Yeah. Um, you know, Chelsea Frey and uh, that's k- k- breaking out and Francois Darno and there's just um, Francois Arno. I don't think it's Darno. It's Arno. I always yeah. mix no, that up. Great. Uh, can- great Canadian cast in there with Jay and him as well. So, but Dennis, I got to know Dennis quite a bit and Jay quite a bit. And that was one of the bonuses I'll take away from it. And Elizabeth is just, you know, Elizabeth Perkins is such a huge star and she was just such a kind person and, just a regular person that they were, you know, for me coming in and out with one scene a day and they were just all so kind. And um, Dennis being a hockey fan and Jay, and we had a lot of chats about hockey and uh, I'll still uh, chat with them about that once in a while. And, um, but it was great to get to meet and work with all them. I was, I was sad that it ended. I thought it was a great show too. Just on that point. Um, I, and I've interviewed Leary over the years on different projects and when he would come to the TCA, the Television Critics Association, he would get down there with Peter Tolan whenever he was doing a – he did the, the job on ABC and, of course, uh, the uh, Rescue Me. And they would yeah. really decide to just um, set some sort of record for profanity during their TTC sessions just to make our room laugh because they felt we'd been sitting in the hotel for two weeks – <laughs> and they didn't care, and they just went for it. And my God, we would all be on the floor and just love them for it, you know. Um, he's such he, a yeah, he's such a great guy. He is, and big fan of yours. I I understand he was, um, and and Dennis is a, the most avid hockey fan in yeah. that I've ever met, and he was kind of blown away that he talked. That he said you had pretty good wheels out there, right? So. Uh, <laughs> You were off uh, your Delacell uh, Oakland skills. Uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, I had one year of university hockey under my belt, and I think I hung on to some of that. But uh, no, he and I used to just uh, one of my favorite things was just to make him laugh off camera. And if you can make him laugh, he just has this really great laugh, and um, he just loves to laugh. He loves comedy. He doesn't care who's from. He just loves comedy and um, loves his hockey. I mean, I was. I thought I knew hockey and you're on set with him and Jay and you're, you're playing third fiddle with those two when it comes to knowledge of, of hockey uh, history anyway, and the teams and, you know, they're just, of course, we're Montreal, Toronto, Boston. So it was a little original six rivalry between the three of us. And we were during the playoffs and, you know, I was getting chirped by them. And and then when Toronto got knocked out, it was, it was just chirping. It was just a lot of chirps flying. That is funny. Um, well, you know, keep your phone close. I think when Leary gets his next show, he always casts his shows with hockey players. I remember when he was on. Oh, Netflix, does he? He brought in uh, Badge Dale. Was that guy? Because he's a pretty good goalie, right? Like he would, he would literally. Right, right. Because they would, they would have an ice every week, and the crew and everybody yeah. would go out and play. Yeah, 
No, he's great. And, and he's, uh, as I said, it was just a great cast. Um, you know, they hurt him and him and Jay and Elizabeth could have come into that with egos and they're huge stars in their own, you know, in their own rights. And they didn't, it was just, it was just a great time. Sad it's over. Yeah. Well, uh, a funny one for fans to look for. It's still, uh, uh, I'm sure you can stream it somewhere. We'll be right back after this message. Well, the cooler weather is upon us, so get climatized by watching The North Water. It's available now exclusively in Canada on Super Channel Fuse. Set in the 1850s, the miniseries stars Stephen Graham as Patrick Sumner, a disgraced ex-army surgeon who signs up as a ship's doctor on a whaling expedition to the Arctic. There he hopes to meet redemption, but instead meets Henry Drax, played by Colin Farrell. Drax is as villainous as his creepy name suggests, a murderous psychopath well-suited to his craft as a harpooner. This is a survival story that plays out on the ice flows of an Arctic wasteland. Critics have raved, with the North Water earning an 88% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Dip your toe into the North Water, available now on Super Channel Fuse or anytime on Super Channel On Demand. And don't forget... You can also watch the entire Super Channel menu through Amazon Prime or via the Apple TV app. And now, more with our guest, Family Feud Canada host, Jerry D. And just speaking of sports, um, often we see you involved there as well uh, on the score for many years and different things. Um, Are you uh, uh, optimistic about the Leafs' chances heading into this season? Yeah, I mean, always I'm optimistic, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think Zach Hyman was a big part of that team, and but I think they've brought in some players like that a bit. And, um, you know, I, I just learned not to get too excited. It's probably better to just think they don't. But, um, yeah, I, I like the team right now. I, I, a lot of people don't, but I, I do. I, I mean, Marner and, and Matthews are two of the top players in the league, and, I'm uh, I'm excited. Spets is back, and you know he's uh, there's just a lot to look forward to. But I don't get too excited, Bill. I think that's wise as a Leaf fan, uh, Jerry. I'm born yeah. and raised here, and uh, honestly, I thought the last uh, playoff or that that what happened last spring was kind of a last straw for a lot of us that had loyally <laughs> stuck for 58 years, or you know that you know that was kind of a heartbreaker and a head scratcher and they really do have to show me this time i think yeah i think they just came up against a very 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 hot goalie i mean you you don't see the way carrie price stood on his head those last three games you don't see that a lot um and that that was it yeah well uh, fair enough um i see jim houston's retiring that'll be a yeah one of the great play-by-play voices for sure um are you going to be doing anything uh, in the sports uh, world in terms of television coming up? Uh, no, it doesn't look like it. I've, I've talked a lot about it with people, but uh, no, it doesn't seem to be uh, anything. Maybe it's some dabbling here and there. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, no, nothing, uh, nothing in the works at this time. 
You're probably too busy managing the, the TV careers of your children. Um, I remember yeah. <laughs> the last few seasons of, of uh, Mr. D, uh, you, ha- you have three youngsters, and they were very uh, – they were terrific, the girls, uh, uh, in the episodes that they played in as, as very young children. Yeah, uh, so they were great. They, they were. They're going to pursue that, do you think? Um, they've started showing an interest in pursuing it, but they, um, it's hard. It's just, and they're, they're so into sports too in school. So, uh, I don't know, uh, where it'll go, but they had a lot of fun. They were, it was a treat for me to have them. They were excellent and we'll see where that goes. It's really up to them and we're just kind of dabbling still. Speaking of the kids back in school, um, what kind of a teacher would Jerry D have been during the pandemic? Would are, do you kick yourself if you get to shoot a few episodes in front of a Zoom screen? No, I I I, uh, I, I my favorite part of teaching was going into the school and coaching and the things that you can't do when when we're in a pandemic. So I I don't think I would have enjoyed it very much being on sitting at a desk all day. I'm too too high energy to just sit there. So. Um, I think I think I, I avoided that in, in a good way. Mm. Um, Jerry, do you get a chance to watch much TV these days? No, I, I I've been I haven't. I've been uh, you know I've been I've got an I've got a book coming out that I'm trying to get finished uh, that that's taken some time and you know I'm just dealing my my father's at getting older and there's just so many things go on in life that kind of keep you busy kids in sports and. So, um, no, I haven't watched as much as I, I mean, started getting on the Jays again recently. That's exciting. And, yeah. You know, um, I like watching the golf in the summer, but, uh, I got about six shows I've lined up that I've got to sit and binge with my wife and I are talking about. So, uh, as soon as I get a chance, that's what I'm going to do next. What, what are one or two of those titles? Uh, Ted Lasso, which I'm way behind everybody on that. I'm really excited to watch that. So, uh, um, and there was another one someone just mentioned me. Yeah, just it's I'm it's going to be I meant to watch that last week and I just keep pushing it. But I'm very excited. I also don't love to watch too many comedies because I get I hate when they're so good. I'm like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, I, wish I, I wish I was that good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. One, yeah. one you should see I recommend is um, uh, Only Murders in the Building with uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short and uh, Selena Gomez. It's Oh, I will. I'll watch that for sure. It's a great murder mystery. Um, I love that stuff. Yeah, and you just want to spend time with those three folks, right? Perfect. I will. Um, I'll add it to my list. Last two questions. Do you have a favorite uh, TV theme song? Yeah, Greatest American Hero. Oh, my God. I, I think that song is, uh, that song plays on its own as a great song. That's one I've never heard singled out before. That's pretty good. And I don't know if that was written for the show or that was a song that was, I, I think it was written for the show. That's wild. So I would awesome. say that one. Um, yes. Tears would obviously be up there for me too. That's a great theme. Um, yeah. And just finally about your kids, are you still getting <clears throat> the girls ready for the world tour? I mean, they, they're pretty good golfers, right? Yeah, they, they they just play for fun, really. Now, they're uh, golf's a real tricky sport. It's mentally draining. It's it's not a lot of fun, to be honest. I mean, when you're a kid, that's not a sport you think of cheering and laughing and fun. It's stress and hot heat and nobody talking. So, 
I don't know if it's their sport, but uh, right now they're back in the volleyball season. They're both very good at volleyball, and we'll uh, we'll go down that road for a bit, and we'll see. But we just try to keep them out of trouble and and active, and they're just we're really proud of our kids, and we just uh, like to see them. Uh, you know, I always tell them just be happy. If you can just you know be happy, then we're happy, and so we just always kind of hope they're just enjoying their their lives. Well, that's great advice, Jerry. And uh, listen, uh, continued success. Have a lot of fun uh, the rest of the way on Family Feud Canada. It's on uh, weekdays on CBC. Uh, you've got still a lot of shows left to shoot. And um, how do folks become contestants on there? Do they apply to a website or something? Yeah, the website, cbc.ca slash Family Feud Canada is probably something like that would be a link and they can find all that out. And um I, I think we're done for this season, but hopefully we get a season four and we get a lot more families auditioning. It's great. And uh, also you mentioned a book. Is this a memoir? No, it's not. Uh, it's just a collection of essays right now, humorous type approach. And um, yeah, it's um, I'm still shaping it. So I, I wish I had a better answer for you, but it's going to be some comedic essays about, you know, road stories, family stories, um, yeah, uh, you know, things that kind of have happened over my career. You wrote a book. Once I have more, though, I'll let you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You wrote, you already, you wrote a book previously that was, a I did. Of- yeah. About teaching. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, did okay, I guess. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Well, good for you, man. Good to hear your voice and, uh, you listen, too, buddy. have fun, uh, I see you soon. Uh, on Family Feud Canada. I appreciate you taking the time today for this. Anytime, anytime. Thanks so much, Bill. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Take care. Take care. Well, that's it for this episode of Brio TV, the podcast. Please follow and subscribe for all the info on future episodes. And reviews really help spread the word as well. And remember, you can always catch up on TV news and reviews daily at brio.tv. This is Gardner Westbound speaking. Thanks for listening. Just like a-